What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Let's kick this thing off. Raul Rana is an associate at Lux Capital and the author of Making Moonshots. In this conversation, we discuss what a moonshot is, why they are important, how the best entrepreneurs go after moonshots, and why iterative progress in science and technology is not enough. I really enjoyed this conversation with Raul, and I hope you do as well. But before we get into this episode, let's talk about our sponsors. First up is Exodus.io, E-X-O-D-U-S. That's right, I can spell, Exodus.io. They're one of the most popular cryptocurrency wallets and has been around since 2015. It's supported on both desktop and mobile. It allows you to sync your wallet across multiple devices so you can have access to your funds anywhere. You can instantly exchange around 100 different cryptocurrencies. Interactive charts lets you view the price history of a specific asset or your portfolio's performance over time. And maybe the best part, Exodus is integrated with Treasure Hardware Wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. Go visit exodus.io, E-X-O-D-U-S dot I-O for your free download or you can search Exodus, E-X-O-D-U-S, on the App Store or Play Store, Exodus.io, one of the most popular cryptocurrency wallets. You need to have it, Exodus.io. Next up is Crypto.com. With over 5 million users, Crypto.com is the easiest way to buy and sell over 90 cryptocurrencies. Download the app at Crypto.com and get $25 with my code POMP. When it's time to spend your crypto, nothing beats the Crypto.com Visa card, which pays you up to 8% back instantly and comes with these amazing perks. 100% rebate for your Netflix, 100% rebate for Spotify, 100% rebate for your Amazon Prime subscription, along with airport lounge access for you and a guest at hundreds of airports around the world. And of course, the Crypto.com Visa card gives you all of this with no annual or monthly fees to worry about. Get $25 when you download the Crypto.com app today using the code POMP, or there is a link in the description. Lastly, DraftKings. Pigskin fans, I'm talking to you. The moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prices is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million dollars download the app now enter the free prediction challenge answer questions like who will score last and boom get ready to make it rain DraftKings has paid out over seven billion dollars to its players since 2012 so they know a thing or two about big paydays i don't know why my voice just cracked download the DraftKings app now and use promo code pomp to enter the free 55 million dollar super bowl prediction challenge everyone gets an instant prize up to twenty five thousand dollars just for playing so use promo code POMP now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's get into it with Raul. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Palm or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. 
You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. What's going on, guys? Bang, bang. I've got Rule here. Thank you so much for doing this, sir. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For sure. Now, I feel weird calling you sir, given that you are in college, <laughs> but uh, that, that's yeah. a good start for us. Uh, let's just jump into uh, your background. Uh, you wrote this book, uh, Making Moonshots, but before we get into the book, just tell us kind of where'd you grow up and, and what was the uh, kind of things that you did before you actually wrote the book? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So basically grew up, my I've lived my entire life in in central Jersey. Um, I go, currently go to Rutgers. I'm, a, I'm studying finance and astrophysics, actually. I'm a sophomore. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, my journey into, you know, uh, before before I got to my book and everything. So my dad, my entire life, he's worked at Bell Labs, right? So, you know, sure, all the, all the tech people out there know like how, you know, innovative and breakthrough Bell Labs was in the past century. So that was basically my childhood, right? I go to all the labs, right? See all the, you know, the bronze plaques on, you know, all the famous scientists and the Nobel Prize on the inventions. I became super obsessed with that so early on. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, once I hit high school, I actually just blocked off all my curiosity for science and tech and just fell into like the business and sort of like the finance crowd and everything. And um, that, that was basically what I did for like four years. I actually went to a uh, business administration magnet program, right? So for four years, right, I was always, I was doing all things like business and, you know, sort of like non-technical stuff. Um, you know, right, sales, operations, marketing, you know, like, you know, focusing on all that stuff. And then um, got to college, thought I wanted to do investment banking. And um, I was just like, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if this is for me, right? And actually, it's funny, because like recruiting season is like now for for internships. So I'm still determining, like, do I go, you know, full force into that or not? But nonetheless, I, I realized like, all right, like I, my, my, my truest passion sort of, you know, lie in, you know, science, tech, right, deep tech, all that is sort of, you know, research heavy things. And I was like, all right, like, how do I combine that with finance? And yeah, I just thought, you know, venture capital, specifically deep tech VC was just like the, the perfect sort of combination. And, and, and specifically, like if I could be in this position where I could not only, you know, invest and support into moonshot companies where we're going to deep tech companies, but also build them. So, you know, incubate them in-house. So that would be just like the coolest job ever, right? Just like, you know, why solve one problem? You can solve multiple ones. So that was basically just like, you know, how my journey started, my passion started there. So that was around, you know, freshman year, first semester. And then um, I was just like, all right, I want to do something bold. Like I have all this energy, like what do I do with it? And Again, like, I don't know if it was just the universe looking out for me, serendipity or luck or fortune, but just like I came across this one, um, uh, one of my mentors who eventually brought me on the book writing process. So it just, I, had a, I met him on LinkedIn, actually, it was kind of funny. Like, I, I just, you know, struck, struck up a conversation with him and he was like, oh, like, you know, he, he, he likes to mentor, you know, typically professionals, not, not, not typically students, but just like, you know, he likes to mentor people in writing books and everything. It's just like a passion of his. So I was like, hey, like, again, I have all this passion, I have all this energy, like, I know I'm by no means I'm an expert, but like I want to become an expert. And he was just like, all right, like, you know, he took he took that chance on me and that yeah, you know, I, I ran with it. So started writing the book exactly one year ago, actually, January 2020. Um, and 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 yes, yeah, so the rest was history. It was just like I sort of had it was kind of funny. Like I had this like, you know, dual mandate, right? I had to not only improve my writing craft, right? I, I wanted to be like an, an actual book, right? Not just like, you know, some sort of like side project, whatever. Wanted to be a really, really good book. And also I had to become an expert, right? So you know, right, 12, 13 hours a day, just like, you know, putting in the research and stuff, you know, doing tons and tons of interviews. I had to master that cold email, you know, sort of strategy because, you know, I was talking to all these, you know, big time VCs and founders and whatnot. And, you know, here I was a freshman in college. So it's kind of funny. And then, um, yeah, again, yeah, the rest is history. I just made the most of like uh, COVID and everything, you know, being at home and what I had all the time in the world. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah. When, when you start writing the book, uh, how long did it take and kind of what was the research mm -hmm. process process like to write this book, Making Moonshots? 
Yeah, of course. So um, the research process was basically, you know, I had to really, really improve my content intake. That was probably like, the biggest thing, um, you know, look where others aren't, right? Like I had to do a lot of, you know, I did like a lot of like profiles on just, you know, some of the moonshot companies out there that, you know, really sort of inspire me and, you know, sort of had to formulate, you know, solid like, you know, thesis and everything and, and you know, made like a solid outline of like, what, what actually do I want to, you know, put forth. And basically, you know, my reasoning behind, you know, moonshots and whatever, is just like, you know, these are really like the companies that actually, you know, have some solid impact in the world, but not only that, but they're also, you know, financially sustainable, right? They're, they're solid businesses. And I just think it's just this, it's, it's heroic at the end of the day. And I just really am, you know, inspired by all these, these sorts of, you know, moonshot companies. And, um, you know, I, I took sort of like a multifaceted approach, right? I didn't want to write just, you know, another boring, you know, management book or business book or whatever. I, I really wanted, you know, something dynamic. So the way I went about my research, um, you know, as, as I told before, right? So I focused on, right, the psychology, right? The mindset of these, you know, moonshot founders, right? The philosophies that they, they that they sort of, you know, um, uh, that they that they use and take in, right? Mental models and so forth. And then also, right, the strategies, right? How to get sort of started on this, you know, moonshot sort of journey and, and also sort of, you know, end with like the, the ecosystem, right? How can we improve government, education, startups, academia, um, VC and whatnot, and, and, you know, sort of how all they interact and stuff. And so, you know, I, I tried to take like a different sort of approach to, you know, companies and, 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 and startups and whatnot. So, um, you know, did deep, deep sort of research into those tons of deep dives. Um, a lot of, you know, I include a lot of like, um, you know, sort of minor sort of small case studies of, you know, as examples in my book and whatnot. So I did a lot of, you know, things for that. But then I think like the biggest thing was honestly like the interviews um tons of, i think i did around like 100 or so interviews of you know all the best sort of uh vcs and 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 found and found i talked to some awesome people and it was like really cool just like you know being this outsider honestly again college freshman right like not not at, the, at like a target school or whatever but just like you know I, I got you know 30 minutes an hour with these awesome people and and that was probably the most sort of um impactful things in terms of research because got some awesome stories awesome thoughts and so forth so yeah who, who are the people that uh were like the most um kind of like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to this person in the book yeah yeah of course so um i think the go-to answer will obviously be josh wolf um i interviewed him for a book he ended up hiring me you know, a couple months after so that was really cool um just like lux capital and you know there's like there's like a few vc firms out there right like you know Lux Capital, you know, Social Capital, ABC Coastal, like they, they all these like really top tier deep tech funds. Like they're just so inspiring to me. I absolutely love what they do. So it was really cool. Like I, I spoke to a couple of people at those at those various firms and whatnot. And yeah, I would say yeah, the the go to answer is definitely Josh Wolf. Um, because yeah, he's 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 high up there in the deep tech world, right? Everyone knows him. And I was just like, wow, like pretty cool to get a get a get a call with him. So yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of a moonshot versus like incremental uh, progress of technology yeah. and science. Why are moonshots so important? Yeah, of course. So again, at the end of the day, um, there, there, there's so many aspects. I mean, the way, the way I sort of consider it is like, all right, like there's so many, you know, there, there's so many, you know, different random companies out there, right? I, you maybe want to call them shallow tech and you know, normal companies, like whatever you want to call them. That, that's great and all, but like, we, I feel like we're sort of lacking in like, you know, the, the people who are actually solving like, you know, really, really big problems in the world, right? Everything from space to, you know, cancer to like the oceans and whatnot. And then, you know, rebuilding sort of, you know, infrastructure and then, and whatever may be, right? There's poverty, homelessness, food scarcity. I mean, you name it, there's so much out there, right? And it's just like, I, I really just wanted to, you know, create sort of like, um, you know, this like one-stop shop or like, you know, this piece of literature on like how anyone can actually, you know, make, make you know, said, you know, solve said um, problem or whatever may be like, you know, by means of, you know, startups and, and whatnot. And, you know, it, at, at the end of the day, it's just like, they're just so heroic to me, right? They're, they're, they're so like, you know, like they, they actually change the course of humanity and, you know, put us back on this, like, um, you know, the, the sort of, you know, this rate of, of scientific and technological progress. Like I, I love sort of, you know, thinking about like 
uh, progress and whatnot as a, as a as a whole sort of as an ecosystem, right? You know, as as like as like humankind and whatnot. And again, like these are the companies or or the projects or you know um, the organizations that actually you know push forth humanity like in in, in the sort of you know track that we're on. Um, you know, you have everything from right the Apollo missions, right? The original moonshot. That's where the term came um, that came came about. So you know everything from you know the, the policy, right? So you know you have um, all these like your government projects, right? The era of big science back in you know, the past century, but then you have you know nowadays, right? literally like you know single um companies right or, or you know people like elon musk but you know there's a lot of other people that like like elon that don't have the media presence but are doing you know such, such amazing things so again like it's just like this inspiring sort of um you know you know, you know empowering sort of thing that, that that people go on and i just want to you know create literature on, on how anyone can can do so so, so yeah and when you think through this, um, I know there's a part of the book that basically covers what government, what uh, educational institutions, you know, kind yeah. of the environment uh, components and the investment side uh, can yeah. do to increase the number of moonshots. Walk through like what you learned there. Why are there not more moonshots and what can we do to increase the amount of moonshots? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I, I love thinking about it on an ecosystem level. So, I mean, for example, right, like in terms of government, um, you know, all right. So, like, you know, one of the, uh, one of the sort of aspects of you know making you know a moonshot, a moonshot, right? So, there's a lot of sort of um, interactions between right the private and the public sector, right? So, you got you know startups, you got academia, you got you know VC funding, and you also have the government, um, right? The original sort of you know Apollo missions, right? That's what it, it was that, right? This this awesome collaboration between you know all things private and all things public and stuff. So, you know, in terms of government, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of sort of um, systemic sort of reasons why we don't pursue moonshots, right? Like for 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 an example, right? Um, politicians, for example, right? Two years, four years, and, and six years, right? Six years for senators, right? They're only thinking in terms of, right, two, four, and six years, right? Uh, representatives, presidents, and, and, and senators and whatnot. So if you think about it, like, why would they care about a 10-year sort of, you know, project or, or, or some, like, really, you know, probably going to fail, right? A risky sort of, you know, breakthrough or whatever may be, or, or you know, putting, putting, you know, funding or, or attention or whatever may be, right, policy around such a, such a topic that probably won't even happen in sort of, you know, their sort of, you know, um, uh, you, you know, them, them being, you know, the politician that they are and whatnot. So again, I, I just think there's, there's so many sort of, uh, ways in which the government's just like not fundamentally like, you know, thinking in the long term, right? So that's like one thing, right? Like that's like one thing we could fix. Also, you know, there's things like, um, you know, special interests and whatnot. I mean, like, um, in, 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 in the recent sort of election, one thing, I, one thing I saw, you know, in regards to the, the debates, for example, the, the, the debate around, you know, sort of oil, gas and, and things like that versus clean energy, right? Again, like it, it's it's what's so interesting to me is that there's a lot of you know special interests that are um, you know holding us back in terms of our energy and whatnot. And again, it makes sense, right? People's like livelihoods depend on and on, you know oil and gas and whatnot. But then on the other hand, right, you have nuclear energy, right? You have you know clean energy and, and you know all things like like you know uh, climate and whatnot and fusion. Even like there's like so many things that we could do that are you know much more cleaner, much more sustainable. But at the end of the day, like it's it, it's so you know heavily politicized, right? There, it's so complex. And again, that, that that's just another right. Oh, that's another thing, right? Hyperpolarization and, and stuff like that. I think fundamentally is 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 stopping sort of you know moonshots from happening and so forth. So you know, there, there's I can go on and on, but nonetheless, like what I what I realized in terms of you know government education and whatnot, it really comes down to three things, right? There's the you know the the sort of the social infrastructure, social attitude, and also um, social incentives, right? I think if we could you know focus on those three things, right, that that could really create this. It's really this ecosystem that's really, you know, conducive to these, you know, big time sort of, you know, um, R&D heavy projects and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So if that answers your question. Walk me through the anatomy of a moonshot in the sense of, 
if you want to be successful with a moonshot, what are the things that need to go into it in terms mm-hmm. of the team, the vision, capital, discipline? Like, like just walk me through that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it, it all starts with, you know, at, it, again, it all starts with the team and everything and, and sort of, you know, having this, this, this long-term sort of, you know, 10, 15 year vision about, you know, what, what, what sort of this preferred future and, and, and how can we get to that? So, um, you know, it, it starts with this, this really, really, you know, ambitious, bold, you know, dreaming big sort of vision and whatnot. And again, again, you have to have the, the right team and everything, but one thing I found interesting, right. In regards to the team, there's a lot of moonshots out there that are not done by credentialed experts. And I realized like, all right, like maybe you, you don't, you don't need like a PhD, right. To, to solve some sort of, you know, science heavy project, right. You don't need some, you know, um, formal credentials or whatever. And there's, you know, even like Elon Musk, right. Well, like he only has like a bachelor bachelor's degree in like, what, like um, physics, I think, and econ or whatever. And look at him. Right. So again, he's just, you know, one example, the, the, the easy example I can think of, but you know, that's one thing, right. So, you know, building, building like a solid, solid team, but not necessarily needing, you know, credentialed experts and whatnot. I, I thought that was really interesting and, and how it, 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 it sort of like the barriers to actually, you know, make such a, you know, big sort of impact or a big sort of company or whatever is actually falling. So that's really cool. So nonetheless, like, yeah, you have the, you have the team and everything, right. Um, you know, w- once you have the team, right taking advantage of the, of the ecosystem, as I mentioned before, right. You know, VC funding and whatnot, and, you know, storytelling is a big thing, right. Um, again, the, the, probably like the go-to sort of story or, or example of like, you know, storytelling, right. Is like Theranos, for example, right. Again, it was a moonshot company and, and it was this like, you know, grand sort of vision, but at the end they, they, they I think they're the, the way they sort of, you know, tricked, you know, investors and, and you know, general public is that they over story told, right. They were really, really good storytellers and whatnot. And again, you, you have to sort of, you know, attract capital or you have to attract talent. You have to do all these things. And, and, and to do so, like, you need to be good storytellers, but, you know, not, not too much to the point of like, you know, like there are no level, but nonetheless, like you have to be good at that and, and, you know, everything like that. So, you know, there, there's, you know, all things sort of, um, you know, storytelling, right. Working with, you know, the bleeding edge of all, you know, technology and whatever the cutting edge of, 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 of science and technology, right. Deep tech is just, you know, that's the core of what a moonshot is, right. Again, like as I mentioned before, right? There's three things in the moonshot, right? There's a deep tech sort of, you know, advanced science, technology, right? Frontier tech, emerging tech, all those synonyms, right? You got um, the the radical solution, right? Sort of, you know, sort of, you know, something that's disruptive, something that's never done before, um, something that's you know, really radical, old, ambitious, right? All these synonyms and whatnot, and then um, you know, three and and last, right? Solving this really big uh, problem in the world, right? having having an actual sort of, yeah, global impact and impacting a million, if not a billion of people. So, you know, in regards to that, that sort of three-part framework, it's, it's sort of, you know, building a company around those three things. And, um, you know, one, right, again, solving, solving a big problem, right? Once, once you get, you know, those barriers down, once you, you know, hire the, hire the right team, right, with the right, right vision and whatnot, all right, you know, that, then you go to, you know, the whole commercialization process. So that's a whole other thing, right? I, again, um, you know, that, that's where sort of academia and startups sort of, you know, interact with, and then, you know, when, then you go next stage, right, VC funding, right? So it's, so, you know, being a solid storyteller and, you know, that whole process. And then, you know, working with like, you know, the government, for example, and, and you know, all the grants that they give and, and as for all the resources that they have. And, um, yeah, and then it just becomes, right, like a, you know, a typical sort of startup, right, a typical sort of company and, you know, all, all, the, all the stuff that comes with that. So um, basically, you know, in regards to like my book, I, I basically say like, all right, like I'm going to tell you everything that comes right before actually sort of scaling a startup, right? I'm not one to speak on, you know, how to, how to run a company, right? I've never done that. But nonetheless, like in regards to actually getting started on the process, that's sort of, you know, how I, how I think about it. What are the areas uh, from a moonshot perspective that you think are really interesting? Like if you were to start a company today, what areas would you yeah. look at to create the next moonshot? Oh, absolutely. Space. Space, again, space is the easiest sort of go-to answer. I absolutely love that. Um, 
honestly, if I could choose what any part of you, space, though, Sp- space is yeah. space, right? So, like, what what part of space? All right, so um, maybe you've heard of it, right? Recently, like Varda Space, right? That one of my favorite companies ever. Um, it's just you know, sort of you know, lower Earth orbit manufacturing, whatnot. Like that's that's like again, that's a moonshot, right? And it's just so inspiring. And you know, I think one thing that's really that would really be cool is, is if is if someone can sort of lay the infrastructure for um, you know, space exploration, right? Sort of you know, um, sort of you know, mega scale engineer or whatever. Like in, you know, that's things that go in orbit, right? That can you know bring us to you know the moon and to Mars and you know to hopefully other planets in the future, right? So someone who's like you know laying the infrastructure for things in space and, and you know, further exploration. There's like some really cool things, right? Like I've seen um, you know at my time at Lux, for example, like I've, I've seen like one companies do like like orbital transfer vehicles, right? So you know the the way to get things actually to space and you know from whatever factories in space or whatever it may be. Or another company I, I, I've seen really really cool. They're doing like lunar manufacturing, like. That's insane, right? Like, how, like how cool is that, right? Like, again, that's why I, I just love moonshots. It's just like so, like again, inspiring, right? It's so like amazing, like like lunar manufacturing. But like, and you would think it's like some like bold, probably impossible thing. But I was talking to the founder, and he's like, no, he's like serious about it. Like, like there's like actual like legitimate research around it. It's it's maybe you know maybe it's gonna take like you know, 15 years or so. But like, it's like I honestly think it's gonna happen. So it's like really really cool. So you know, and anything that's sort of you know deep space, like I, I absolutely love uh, looking at all that. <laughs> So when you think through this, uh, what do you want to do with your career? Like you wrote the book, you're working with Josh and Art Lux and jo- Josh is fantastic. And uh, not only does he have a great track record, but he's also a, a fantastic human being. Um, yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to build a company? Do you want to be an investor? Do you want to write more books? Do you want, are you just crossing your fingers, hoping you graduate college? Like, like what's your goal? <laughs> I mean, to your point, yes, absolutely. But um, uh, yeah, so in terms of, you know, what I want to do next. So I absolutely love, so, you know, I mentioned this before, but like I absolutely love the the model of VC firms that you know not only invest but they also build in house or they incubate in house. Absolutely love that. I I definitely want to be in you know maybe maybe I don't know like a moonshot venture studio or whatever may be just in a position where I could you know not only you know invest in support but also build multiple ones. Like I, I again so many problems. Like I just want to solve them all. Like I don't know. I'll, I'll do that somehow. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. But you know there's that. But also like you know down the line like honestly like like maybe even, you know, starting the next, you know, Bell Labs or the next, you know, Xerox Park or whatever it may be, right? All these things that are, you know, sort of rooted in, in history and whatnot. Like, I want to get back to sort of, you know, put us back on track in terms of, you know, scientific and technological progress. So anything to anything to support that, like, by all means, I'd, I'd absolutely love to do it. And, you know, I don't know, like, what that means, you know, government, right, working in the education space, like, even, like, entertainment. That's, like, actually one thing. One thing that's really, really cool, like, if you think about it, like, you know, the, the like some like movies, for example, right? Like Social Network, The Martian, right? All these movies that really inspire just like the general public. Like if we could just like make science cool in some way possible, like that, that's like my life's goal, right? So like make science cool, right? Like get, get everyone's, you know, attention in it and stuff. And then, yeah, so we'll see how I do that. I'm not too sure at the moment, but yeah. I love, Hey, listen, don't, uh, don't ever count on any dream. I love it. Um, all right. So people can go where to Amazon and they can buy the book making moonshots. They can learn all about, uh, kind of the anatomy of a moonshot and, and yep. everything from the environment to, uh, to really many, many of the conversations you had with some of the people who are uh, spending the yep. most time on this. Um, I ask everyone three questions, uh, before I end, and then you get to ask me one question. The first is, what's the most important book you ever read? You can't say your own book. So what book oh, is it for you? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So there's one book, it's called it's called Letting Go. Um, I think it's by Richard Dawkins, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he's like a yeah, psychologist and whatnot. And again, like like this book, like, you know, it's all about sort of, you know, letting go, like sort of surrenders in, in regards to like your, your emotions and whatnot. And, you know, 
sort of getting through whatever hardships that you're you know dealing with. And honestly, like like that book was, I I I read that book while I was reading my book. Sort of, um, sorry, when I was writing my book. Um, in terms of like, there's so many you know, tough days, right? You know, blood, sweat, and tears I put into this book, and a lot of days you know I'd burn out, right? A lot of days I'd sort of you know just like you know <laughs> like break down and have have like a mental breakdown. And I'd read this book, right? It's called Letting Go. Absolutely amazing. Just like you know the, the way he sort of um uh, writes about you know anger and 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 you know burnout and like you know love and and happiness and whatever maybe just like all sorts of emotions and stuff so i honestly love that book i'd recommend it to anyone so so yeah that's a great suggestion second question is about your sleep schedule you're in college so i'm assuming you don't sleep too much i used to be the same way but one is that accurate are you not sleeping that much and two uh any rituals or anything you do around sleep yeah so actually upon viewing some of your your podcast episodes i i have been thinking about it more um i also i see you know like like that one company like eight sleep or something like i see a lot of people raving about that's that. the sponsor man yes <laughs> yeah. no. i told so, i told mateo the ceo i said listen i gotta stop asking this question at some point because everyone just keeps telling me i got an eight sleep i already own it i own it it's amazing i'm like this is garbage it's not fun when everyone's eight sleep yeah, I don't know. Like everyone's, everyone's just so hyped about it. I, I, I kind of want to try it, but it's but yeah, amazing. No, I, I, it really is amazing. Is it, I, is listen, I sleep on it every night. Uh, yeah. It's like I got this like thermal regulation, so basically, just uh, yeah. it chills the bed. Um, and so, you know, as you know, uh, if you sleep in a uh, colder environment, you get better uh, deep sleep. Um, yeah. I mean, just wake up more refreshed. So I hate the fact that Mateo is the one who uh, always is uh, sleeping so well because I feel guilty when I'm around <laughs> if I haven't slept. But other than that, it's <laughs> I no, I absolutely know. Like, yeah, like some days are just tough, right? Like, like you know, I'm I'm doing full time at Lux, full time student. You know, was working on this book last semester, so it was definitely tough to you know get get enough sleep in. But um, now I I realize like I you know I, um that what's a I was skimming that one book, um, like why we sleep or something. Why we Everyone sleep. Has yep. been, yeah, Matthew Walker. And yeah. Exactly. I'm just like, all right, like I, I need to focus on this, you know, actually like <laughs> I want to be healthy and whatnot. So it's, it's starting sort of, you know, like uh, me being more intentional around it, right? Like, you know, all cutting right. out sugars, right. Before like, you know, at a certain time or, or stop eating at a certain time, right. The temperature definitely, like I've been trying to do that. Um, not on a thermoregulated bed, but you know, typically like, you know, AC and heater and whatnot, but <laughs> you know, all these things I'm, I'm slowly getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, last question. You get asked me one aliens. If you're so obsessed with space, are aliens real or no? You believe hundred percent. Um, I've actually, you think that they have like come to earth? I think they've been here already. I'm not even joking. So, all right. So one thing, and and actually, um, I know in your interview with, with Mike Solana, right. He, he, he said that, you know, there's evidence of, you know, UFOs, but he's neutral on aliens. I think because there are UFOs, Aliens exist, and and what I what I mean by that. So all right, so I was actually talking to one, one of my friends. He's a UFO researcher, not you know not a conspiracy theorist, but like actually like he works for you know NORAD, right? He works for Congress and whatnot in terms of you know UFO research and whatnot. So he's you know pretty high up there, and he was talking. So like all right, so he told me this one story, and um, I'm sure have you you seen those you know the, the the those like leaked videos from like the Navy, for example, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people saw that, right? So he was telling me this the story of that, and I was just like, wait, so. Um, basically, you know, how, how that, that sort of instance go, went is that like, all right, like they were, you know, tracking the, the sort of, you know, UFO flying throughout the air and whatnot. And the, it was on like a Navy ship where he was saying, and, and, um, the person who was running like sonar, like radar or something, I forgot what, um, he noticed that this sort of UFO, it sort of violated all sort of everything that we know about physics, right? It, it was just not in line with what we know. And, you know, it was going from, you know, like, like Mach 31 or Mach 30, like, like, you know, 
31 or however many times, you know, this, the, the speed of, you know, uh, sound and whatnot, or, or, or lighter, or I'm mixing it up, but nonetheless, like, you know, it's going this crazy speed, you know, it's making all, all these turns that are just physically impossible. And I'm just like, all right, like, great. That's great. And all right. It's all well-documented. It's not like, you know, random sort of, you know, conspiracy theories, but like, all right, like, if it's doing that and that's not humanly possible, like what's the other sort of, you know, um, sort of um, explanation of that? Like, I, I think, I, I feel like that's like pretty clear. Like, obviously there is no evidence of, you know, aliens actually, you know, existing, but nonetheless, like it's not human. So if it's not human, what else can it be? That's sort of how I think about it. So, so maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a new version of a dinosaur. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, what questions you got for me to uh, to finish up? Yeah, yeah, of course. So actually, you know, um, I know, you know, big, big crypto guy, and I know you like that. So one thing I'm really curious about, and, you know, one thing I write about in my book, actually, just like the cultural aspect around, you know, all these, you know, frontier tech, right, and and and, and sort of um, emerging tech, right, all these sciences and whatever it may be. So I'm curious, like, how do we change culture so that people are more sort of, you know, accepting of Bitcoin or crypto, for example, or just, you know, in general, just, you know, of, of these sort of, you know, really emerging sciences and technologies. You don't have to change anything. They're going to be accepting really? of it either way. Cause what ends up happening is that you're going to get the people who determine culture will eventually realize what this is. So if you notice recently, Meek Mill, you know, uh, Joe yeah. Budden, um, mm-hmm. I, bunch of other people that I don't know if they want it publicly known or not that they're, uh, they're participating, but like people in the hip hop culture, right. Athletes, right. Uh, celebrities, all these people start to kind of warm up to it. And then they see, you know, they're just like, yeah, this is the thing. Right. And, and when that yeah. happens, um, culture just naturally shifts because they set culture. And if they become interested in something, the culture will follow. And so I think that it's less about like, yeah, I mean, sure, you could go like educate them on it or give them some <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. I, I just think that it just it's natural, just kind of progression over time. Uh, and I'm actually a big believer that like you don't want to short circuit the uh, kind of mm-hmm. natural adoption of technology, because when you do that, you actually make it more likely that it will be unsustainable over a long period. So right. I think that uh, it, it's um, you know, just a natural thing that's going to happen. It's already happening and I think it'll only continue. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Where can I send people to find you on the Internet? Yeah, of course. So super, super active on Twitter. Um, Arana zero three underscore. Um, you know, LinkedIn as well. Um, and I'm, start, I'm start trying to, you know, start up like a blog and everything around, you know, deep tech and moonshots and stuff. So it's all on my Twitter. Like I, I do everything on Twitter now. All right. So what was your Twitter handle? Oh, Arana03 underscore. R Ron. So R-R-A-N-A. Zero three. And zero three and underscore. What's the three yeah. for? Um, I'm the third child. <laughs> so I just like, always okay. have three. It's been like... I'm the third. My my grandfather, oh, yeah. my father, <laughs> me. So I was like, hey, maybe you're a third too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For 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 like baseball, literally, I'd always use three. Like every every sport I played, just like three. <laughs> it's almost my thing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, yeah. man. Listen, thank you so much for doing this role. I think that people are going to absolutely love this, and uh, I think that you're onto something with the moonshots, man. It's uh, awesome. It, it is very obvious that uh, you know going after moonshots are better than uh, kind of the. Uh, just iterative approach to a technology and science innovation. So I appreciate you uh, coming on and I appreciate you writing the book. You should go check it out, Making Moonshots. You can get it on Amazon. Go read, go educate yourself and know what to do again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.